Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host for this week is Kevin Crane. Welcome back to the podcast, Kevin. Ah, thank you. So today we're talking about feeling like a fake in your job, or commonly called imposter syndrome. Kevin, could you kind of introduce us to this topic? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's quickly do the Wikipedia definition here. Imposter syndrome is a concept describing individuals who are marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Ah, yes. Yes. Scary stuff, actually. It is scary stuff. I've experienced imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do to this day. <laughs> So can you kind of describe what that feels like? And I imagine that there are many others that feel that. How do they know they're feeling that? Uh, yeah, so there's usually you have some internal thoughts, that, you know, your, your little conscious playing tricks on you. In my case, like I'll, I'll think, oh, I'm not a real programmer because I don't have a computer science degree or, wow, I got really lucky figuring that out. It wasn't because I like took the time to learn it or, you know, I actually knew something to figure it out. I got lucky, right? Or you have like, what ifs? What if, what if I don't know something? I, you know, I start to get nervous or something. Or if I, if someone finds out that, you know, I don't really know this thing. Or what if what if I fail? You know, it's it's kind of the biggest kind of end end result is if I fail, I'm not able to get past this. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt those feelings as well. Particularly, you know, when you're transitioning jobs, or even when you know working in a consulting company, when you're transitioning clients, like when people hire us to be software developers, they probably expect us to be software developers, right? Yeah, <laughs> and so. If you have doubts about your abilities, then that can kind of be a hindrance or kind of be anxiety producing when you're when you're starting those new things. Yeah, I mean I'm I have been known to just completely shrivel up and die in interviews. So like the interviewing process to even get a job is can be crippling. So you gotta worry about that. You don't gotta worry about those things. You gotta not worry about those things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there's that natural like when you're when you're new to software development, there's a lot that you don't know. But I feel like there's that process where the more you learn, the more you know that there's things that you don't know, right? Like you just start to uncover the lid and you see a bunch of things in there that you don't know. Yeah, and that can be really crippling, right? Is that you, okay, well, if I don't know all these things and, and everyone else probably does, right? So I, something's wrong with me, right? And that, that can definitely start it. And that's like, even now, you know, I've been doing software development for 20 plus years at this point. And, you know, even now I will compare myself to other people and say, well, wow, you know, that that person just knows so much more than I do. Jeez, I, how, how am I supposed to compete with that, right? Not that you're, you're not even supposed to be competing. You're supposed to be working together, right? But it's absolutely, it's hard to, to kind of break that up. Yeah, I've had that feeling as well. Like, you know, I've worked with a lot of people that are, really, really advanced and have incredible knowledge about front-end development. Whereas, you know, my career path has taken me more as from like a back-end developer that does front-end things to knowing more about front-end development, right? And so I feel like there's that imposter feeling when you see someone that is, has a lot of domain knowledge in one discipline, but that person probably feels uncomfortable in the topics that you know a lot about. Right. No one is going to know everything about everything. So you're just another person doing that. And it's hopefully you can get to realizing that, but it's catching yourself as hard. 
So what are the symptoms that you have imposter syndrome? So you're trying to be perfect, right? You're trying to follow that that person that you think is doing such a much better job than you. You're trying to write the perfect code to impress that person or you're, you know, trying to do impress, I don't know, maybe yourself, I don't know, but that'd be unattainable, but you're trying to write perfect code. Like I said about like me during interviews, you can get so nervous that about, you know, not knowing that you'll actually it'll interrupt your thought processes and you'll stammer and stutter and not be able to get past it, right? Your natural flow of thoughts is interrupted. Yep. I've also seen, and I've done this a few times myself, where you start to perform a task and when you're working together with someone, you're like, oh, well, you might do this another way or this is how I do it, but I don't know if that's a great way to do it. Uh, You know, that kind of like backstepping. Second guessing. Apologizing as you work is not a great way to keep your thoughts focused. Absolutely. Sometimes you, you like overcompensate, right? That you, you're you not only second guessing yourself, but you're like overworking the problem because I have to prove myself. So I'm going to like put in, you know, 50 hours this week or 60 hours this week to make up for my shortcomings, right? Uh, yeah, that can become unhealthy very quickly. Yes. You can also have where you undermine your own abilities or achievements, like say disparaging things against yourself. So that's that's very easy to do too. The, some of the other signs and symptoms you might, you know, like if you do receive praise for something you did, you might just let it roll off your back, like like discount it because you think, well, they're just they're just saying that to be nice or something like that. Yeah, it's hard to just listen to praise and say thank you, right? And another like detrimental outcome is is overall it can hold you back, right? Because you, you start fearing to like, well, well maybe I got to stay at this job because I'll fail this you know interview or I, I don't want to go talk in public. I don't want to go to conferences and give talks because uh, you know I'm just, I'm, I'm a fake or I don't want to contribute to open source because then other developers will see how much of a horrible programmer I am uh, for everyone to see. So it's, there's, there's many things that can, where it will hold you back if you're, if you have these symptoms of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So so we've p- painted kind of a, a bleak picture of life with imposter syndrome, right? I think that it can be a trap for a lot of people. And I, yeah. I haven't met a single person who's worked on software or worked in a professional kind of environment and hasn't felt it. So how do we how do we get people through that? How do we personally overcome imposter syndrome? Well, the first thing is really to realize that you have an issue, right? That is, it is, is an issue with, with yourself. Really being self-aware is kind of the biggest step to be, you know, being able to know that, okay, I have this issue and I shouldn't let it get me down, right? And then the second part is the second big, to me, the biggest step would be to catch yourself when you are doing it. So uh, hopefully it's not happening all the time, but if it is or if it isn't, it's being able to catch yourself in that situation and being able to step back and say, okay, well, this isn't real. I'm going to just focus on what I need to focus on and try to tell my conscious to go back to the back of my head and get some stuff done, right? Right. Try to tell the part of your brain that's responsible for fear and yeah. to stop distracting the part of your brain that's trying to get the job done. Correct. And, and a, a big way to do that is to to realize maybe you have some things that trigger that little voice to do bad things. Like some of mine are like, if I take too long on something, I'll be like, wow, you know, if person X was working on this, they wouldn't have taken this long or, or so on and so forth. Or, you know, sometimes when you're pairing with others, it's like, well, if I'm driving right now, maybe I'm supposed to be, have already figured this out. Maybe they already know the answer. And they're just not telling me really fearful things, right? So there's different triggers for each person. Um, it's really just trying to find yours and, and being able to catch yourself when you you're hitting those triggers. Definitely, definitely. You know, I think that 
being stuck on a problem is not an uncommon problem. And so how do you react to that? I definitely have, have been in a place where feeling like there's no way out or like a more professional person be able to solve these problems faster. And you got to re- kind of reframe that to be like, who can I reach out to that has experience in this domain? It's not because I am a dum-dum. It's because I haven't experienced this issue before, or I don't have the domain background in this particular problem. Uh, and I don't think that that's a, a character flaw. Right. It's just because you haven't learned it yet, right? It's just a matter of learning it and then moving past it. Definitely. What are some other coping mechanisms that you can use? You know, stop comparing yourself to others. Know that each person is their own individual. You have your own strengths and they have theirs as well. You can take breaks to kind of clear your head. If you're, if you're, you're, you get it worked up, go get a drink of water or something. Go look at the pretty trees outside or take a walk or something. And, and I think also really embracing don't be fearful, right? It's it's the fear that kind of pulls you down. It's it's when you embrace it and like let it energize you that you can completely turn it around, right? Well, instead of instead of being fearful that I don't know much about React or you know or Elixir or, or whatever the flavor is right now, you can say, well, that's a good excuse to go learn it and practice it and feel a lot more comfortable with it. So embracing instead of being fearful, I think, is a, is a big step to overcoming. Yeah. Can you recite the fear is the mind killer mantra from memory? <laughs> I cannot. I wish I could. That would be amazing right now. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Shout outs to Dune. Dune. Plans within plans. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah. So uh, just just really embrace that. Fear, that fear is the mind killer. Don't embrace the fear. Embrace <laughs> learning. That That's one thing that I see a lot when people are starting in software development is they're so afraid of what they don't know. And what they eventually learn, and usually it's a crushing thing at first, is that every day as a software developer is working around things that you don't yet know, right? This is, this is a job about learning. And so growing your comfort level with just not knowing stuff is uh, super important. Yeah, and I'm, I've been like looking at this subject mostly from like, I'm a senior developer that has been around for a, a long time, and I have quite a, a breadth of experience, but... There's still so much I don't know. And you junior developers are out there listening to this. Know that all those senior developers still are always learning. So absolutely, you're in a great place right now that you're even, you know, trying and you're and you're you're in a place where you can even begin to start learning. So uh, just know that everyone's kind of in the same boat. Exactly. Exactly. As a junior developer, you shouldn't be surprised if you know a thing or two or have learned about a new thing that you're you know, senior peers don't know about and are interested in hearing about. So don't forget that you can be a contributor to that to the rest of your group as well. Definitely. So it seems like the people around you can help you a lot with this. Uh, when when you're in a fearful mode, the people around you can be like your enemies, right? Like, I can't let so-and-so know that I don't know anything about this problem. That's a bad place to be in. How can you turn your 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 peers into your friends? Yeah, uh, well, that's that's a great place. I mean, the the... The thing you don't want to be is in an environment where it's toxic, right? So if you are, that, that, that'd be the first thing I try to change, right? Whether it is, you know, either finding new employment because you're in a toxic environment or if it's, you know, finding the positive people in your environment first and, and then, you know, listening to what they have to say and working with them over people that are going to be uh, more toxic and, and try to bring you or others down with them. So that's easier said than done. But Really trying to surround yourself with 
positive people that are going to to help you out. The other thing you can do is also maybe find other people that that think that that you think may be feeling like imposters as well, that may be showing some of the same signs of being an imposter as you are, or that I've kind of listed off, we've listed off here, um, and then give them praise. And then what can happen then is you can find out that you're kind of in this together and then you can bring each other up, right? So being not only trying to find the positive people, but being the positive person that you want others to be. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I found that it, there's definitely like this cheesy line of thinking that positive thinking will will change your environment and make everything go your way. And I don't believe that that's necessarily totally true, but I've found that having a positive outlook and, and trying to bring positivity into situations tends to make things better. Yeah. It doesn't I, fix all problems. No, but I, I agree. It's it's But it, it goes a long way, I think. It does. It absolutely does. Another way that I've found uh, in, in regards to like working with others is making small contributions to open source can can help a lot in, in this area. Like a lot of times open source is created by domain experts that want to create an example for everyone else to use. So that can be kind of intimidating, right? Like they're creating kind of this, this pristine example of this pattern or this particular problem being solved. But those people might need help with just like doing a great job of documenting and explaining how their thing works. Maybe they've missed, like you find a piece of functionality that doesn't work correctly and you can contribute and help them uh, make it better. Like finding those small nuggets of, of contribution can be really confidence boosting and also give you exposure to really amazing programmers. Yeah, definitely. Especially on the documentation side, because a lot of these people, like you said, are domain experts. And they might not always be thinking through all the documentation because right. it's really hard as someone that knows a lot more to think of all the situations where you might get into that might need explaining that they just take for granted, right? Exactly. They're so deep in that topic that they don't understand what someone new to the topic doesn't understand. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that that's some good kind of places for people to go and things for people to try to get to get through it. I just want to say again that I've not talked to anyone that works in software that hasn't felt this way at one point or another or doesn't continue to feel this way occasionally, perpetually. So if, if you're feeling like you don't belong in the software industry, I would just encourage someone to think to not think that way and not worry about that so much. Yeah, just stay positive and do the best you can. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, any parting words of love or praise or, or happiness? I, I will say that everyone is awesome and you are awesome. And so just go out there and be awesome. I love it. I love it. Let's end it on a very uh, fluffy, happy, positive note. So thank you so much for joining me, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. All right. And thanks everyone for listening. If you want even more interestings, please sign up for our newsletter at codingzeal.com slash interestings or follow us on Twitter at codingzeal. Thanks everyone.